this podcast is for educational or entertainment purposes only. This podcast is not to be a substitute for seeking mental health therapy, mental health treatment if necessary. If you or your loved one is in need of mental health services, please call 911. Please contact your mobile crisis. For those outside of the U.S., please contact your emergency services or go to your nearest hospital. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Hello, social workers, mental health professionals, and change agents. Welcome to another episode of the Social Work Rants Podcast. I'm your host, Bass Moreno. Saludos a todos. Greetings, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, tapping in wherever you are watching or listening to this podcast. I appreciate all the love and support. Uh, Gracias a todos por su apoyo. You could make sure you follow the podcast on all social media platforms, Instagram, at the Social Work Rants Podcast. That's all one word. Twitter at Social Work Rants and hit the like button on Facebook, aka Meta. Type in the Social Work Rants podcast, hit that like button, and YouTube, uh, hit the red subscribe button. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, tapping in uh, on all audio platforms. Rate the podcast, leave comments, and uh, let's interact on all these platforms. So, as of this recording, it's still social uh, social work month. Uh, I say all day, every day, three sixty five. Like leap year three sixty six is leap. Uh, is social work month week day because we we do a lot in these streets. We are the unsung heroes of our communities. Uh, whether and society needs to give us our, our damn respect. So uh, we, we out here put, put in this work. So, um, and, and again, uh, make sure y'all uh, follow because I'll, I'll continue to, to rant <laughs> all about how yet uh, society needs to give us our, our, our respect. So, um, and then if you guys want to get on the podcast, uh, email me at bassityentertainmentllc at gmail.com. Um, or DM me on, on Instagram and we will get you uh, situated and scheduled. Um, this episode is brought to you by Herd uh, Technologies Incorporated. If you still haven't filed your taxes yet uh, and you in private practice, Herd is a great way to help save you some money. If you have a payroll on your private, private practice, you have staff, they are a great way to help with your payroll. That way you could focus on seeing your clients and, and, and do your progress notes and the treatment plans and all that good stuff in, in private practice. So uh, go, join, go to joinher.com for more information. Um, Herd is a uh, up and coming uh, company doing great things for private pra- practitioners and, and social workers who have a private practice or looking to open up a private practice. So 
two ladies who I had the pleasure of of meeting and talking to and and doing great things with with their brand that we're gonna talk about and just overall social work. Uh, Leanna and Janelle, how are you ladies doing? Yes, yes, hey. hey. Oh, we're excited to be here to talk about all things social work and people yeah. putting us on the the brand and the name and and social workers as a whole. So yeah, I'm excited. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have have the both of you. Um, Janelle, we're going to start with you real quick. Uh, let uh, the people know who you are, what what you do in our, in our exciting, challenging field of social work. Yeah, well, I'm Janelle. Um, I am one half of I'm Social Work. And currently in the social work field, I actually just started a new position as a medical social worker for a hospice company. Um, so that's a new endeavor for me that I'm, I started this week. So um, training so far has been good. Um, this is definitely gonna be a challenge, but I think a rewarding one nonetheless. Um, hospice is such a, as most different areas of social work are, such a field that has like a really unique needs. Um, and so I'm just looking forward to, you know, learning about that and meeting with patients and helping their families through a challenging time such as end of life right absolutely and it's like you know death is still such a taboo topic and and, uh you know it's something that affects us all (laughs) yes we we all going to die (laughs) one of these days hopefully we live a long satisfying life but it's it's definitely something uh, that we need to talk about uh, Leanna, let's start. Let's go to you. Uh, what what you do in our exciting field of social work? Yes, yes. So right now, so I've I've done a lot in the field of social work. Been in the field for about ten years. You know, I don't want to run down the whole resume, but <laughs> been the child welfare piece. You know, I did um was a therapist for some time and and did a lot of different things in social work. And so now I would say I'm probably not in the quote unquote traditional sector of social work. Um, I founded a nonprofit three years ago. So it is a youth development initiative for middle and high school young people. And um, I took a leap of faith about a year ago, left my my stable job in, in the social work space to um, really pursue this nonprofit thing full time. So that is, that is what I do day to day outside of outside of our brand. That, that, that's uh, that's amazing. Where, where, where's the nonprofit located at? So we're based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so yeah, we're still fairly new. We've been in existence for about three years now, but but based out of Charlotte, our, our goal is to grow, being various areas, but right now we're keeping it pretty local. All right, cool. What's the name of the, the nonprofit? It is called Exposure Project. Exposure Project. So again, youth, youth uh, development initiative, middle and high school young people, uh, focusing on two things. So one is character development and the other is career exploration, but from a very much hands-on um, approach, we focus heavily on experiential learning. So allowing our kids to to have that firsthand experience of careers um, through creative ways. And it's so- an amazing nonprofit, amazing. <laughs> She's doing amazing things. I'm so proud of her. Thank you. Now, now that now that sounds great, especially nowadays where everything is you know, digital and, and you know, creative, and people you know, making money. That's you're not busting your behind, killing yourselves like physically. You no, know, making money on the creative side. So that that's that's definitely a, a great um, 
How let's go let's continue on the topic. How, like how like what what was that switch for like you yeah. working working these jobs and like that said I had enough, let me start a non profit. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think my uh it kind of started brewing early on, right? So I started in the as I mentioned earlier, the child welfare sector in New York, and so I did um, foster care prevention, and then I did um, some youth development out there. Decided I needed to transition from New York, relocated to Charlotte, um, and in being in Charlotte, the only position I could get at first was kind of therapy positions, right? And so at the time I was racking up the hours and I was like, nope, I'm not going to get my licensure because I, I don't, that isn't my desire, right? But then it was like, okay, I had two weeks to take this test. I was going to lose all my hours because licensure works different out here. So I said, okay, I'm going to study, take this test one time. If I don't pass it, then it's over. I don't, I don't even care. So I took it the one time, passed it, and I was in that space for a while. But I knew that my passion was young people in creative spaces. And so having done youth development in New York, I knew I wanted to start my own. But New York had a lot of youth development programs. And so that was one of my goals for even relocating to Charlotte. But to back it up a little bit further with starting Exposure Project is um, – I'm originally from California, so Janelle, she's there right now. And so having been from California, we both went to school in Alabama. I lived in New York and I work with kids in all these different sectors and would always ask them, what do you want to be when you get older? And I kept hearing either something in the entertainment industry or something in the sports related industry. And so every kid being a basketball player or a rapper was probably not going to happen. So the thought was, how do we bridge some of those youth development gaps? by allowing them to have those hands-on experiences and learn about careers. And so thought I'd been there for some time. And then it was like, okay, I can't keep doing both. And I was a foster parent at the time too. Like I had to give up some things and I decided to go ahead and um, go full force with Exposure Project. No, that, that that's great. And as a native New Yorker myself, I, I totally relate to getting out of New York. <laughs> it just... Uh... You know, there's a lot of you know great programs, a lot of great organizations, but you know, kind of everything's kind of saturated, and it's kind of like what what you're doing and trying to do, and and meeting the need and finding the need. It no no so important. And you know, Charlotte's a beautiful city. You got a lot a lot of you no know, colleges and stuff. So what what better way uh, to reach the youth and kind of like you know explore those options? And if college is an option, then there's like a a million and one colleges in the Charlotte and, and surrounding areas and North Carolina as a whole. So it's like kind of like you're you know, planted those seeds for for for, for the youngins. So that's so that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now you're in California, what I'm like traumatized well this weather that's ha- crazy <laughs> weather that's been happening the last few months out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm in San Diego, so I'm like bottom southern california but the weather has been very everyone i think has been having like just weird record weather and temperatures everywhere um but yeah i used to live in charlotte um i relocated back to california a couple years ago just to be um near family um but i as liana mentioned like i went to school in alabama um then i went to grad school in charlotte um so liana and i were together and then I pretty much just started working from there, got my license while I was out there, um, was doing therapy for a little bit and kind of same thing, just didn't, I knew therapy wasn't like the end all be all for me. Um, but I always, I had made a vow since I got, since I started like majoring in social work in college is that I wanted to, at least every position I had, I wanted it to be something that was different, working with a different population or a different type of setting. Um, and so uh, that's just 
what I want to keep doing as well as, you know, balancing being a, you know, entrepreneur as well with our brand, I am social work. So. Yeah. So let's go, let's go into the, 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 the brand, like, how, like, how, like, how did that come about? What, what is it about? Like, how can people like, if they wanted to get involved, just talk a little bit about, the, about the brand. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start us off and then Nell, feel free to jump in. Um, so the brand itself, it is a social work lifestyle brand. Um, well, I should say lifestyle brand for social workers, right? So for social workers created by social workers. Um, and what that looks like currently is us selling apparel. Um, and just really something that is wearable fashion, but allows allows a social worker, those that support the profession to really rep the profession to the fullest degree. Um, and then with that, as we grow, of course, we'll offer different services, but right now we're heavily focused on apparel. Um, but how it even started was that, um, and, and so we, both of our stories kind of aligned together and I'll let Janelle share her piece in just a moment. But a few years ago, we were part of different social work groups, right? And I think there was one day, and this was part of my story first, um, just looking for, I think it was like a promote your brand type of Friday thing or something to that, to that effect. And a lot of people were saying like, they couldn't really find a lot of social work things. Right. And so looking at that, I was like, okay, well, clearly there's some form of need here. Cause a lot of times some of your social work, um, apparel or certain paraphernalia that's sold can be through, through third party sites, right. Not actually designed by social workers. Um, and we're starting to see a little bit more social workers come out now and have like their merch and things like that. But at one point it was kind of non-existent. And so the thought was, well, let's really start this brand that is clearly for social workers, right? Like we want to look fashionable. We don't want to look like the social workers on TV. That's all like frumpy and they don't have any sense of style and it's like oh yeah they're just you know old social workers they were like no we're a new generation like we like to be stylish um and so with that it was okay <clears throat> let's start this brand and so um I think I had the thought first well I had the thought maybe I shared the thought first I think we both had it around the same time um and then I'll let Janelle jump in kind of how our stories um align and then we actually launched the brand itself so mm-hmm. both for it now yeah, so one day we were actually just sitting around talking and um, I had, all, like before we even had the conversation, I had been thinking about what are some ways that I can kind of like delve into like entrepreneurship, but within the social work space. I know that this is a profession that I'm called to be in, any endeavor that I want to do, like I, you know, I love social work. Um, and so my thought was like, ooh, like I love like I'm a consumer of a lot of different brands and I like wearing clothes that have different positive messages on it. Like when you're wearing that clothing, you're, you're embracing what you're wearing. And so my thought was like, oh, what about like selling some t-shirts with therapies, you know, sayings for therapists on it or, you know, mental health awareness or things like that. And so I was thinking about that. And one day we were sitting around, we were talking um, and Liana had mentioned about uh, seeing that, that post as well as, um, wanting to do something in the social work space in terms of creating something, you know, for social workers, because there's a, you know, a lack of scarcity of those, you know, dope looking apparel items. And so we basically came up with the concept of I'm social work, that we wanted it to be an apparel based company. We wanted to re- it really be heavily focused towards social workers, um, creating awareness about the profession, not just with our clothing, but like with our messaging, um, just so that people in the world too can be educated more about social work profession and what you know social workers are doing and all the change that is taking place at the hands of social workers. And so that's pretty much how we birthed I Am Social Work um, and started 
developing our products and, and everything from there. Yeah. And to just add to that, right. And so with the brand, as, as we are heavily emphasizing social workers, because we go hard for social workers, a big piece of the brand is understanding that social work does not have to look one particular way and in a traditional setting. Right. Like I remember listening to a podcast and this lady, she was like an art creative and she was doing documentaries and she was a social worker and, or she had, she, I think the way she phrased it was like, she once was a social worker. So the thought was like, even if you're not operating in the same traditional setting, like you will forever be a social worker, right? Yeah. And to just shed light to that social workers are not only in like all the spaces that we typically know, but even if you're in an outside of the box type of setting, like you're you're still a social worker, like, you know, until you yeah. die type of situation. So just like really like putting <laughs> put in respect on it. I know so many times me and Janelle, like our friends would be like, yeah, don't social work me. Like, you know, we're giving them feedback. And we're like, we're not social working. That's just who we are. Like, so that's right. the heavy on the I am because we are social workers in every aspect of our life. But yeah. Absolutely. And you take those values with you everywhere you go. So. I, I like that. Uh, how, how, uh, how long that has a brand been out? We launched um, October of 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually about- yeah. I'm wearing one of our our shirts. It's our definition tee. Um, so it says our yeah our I'm social work definition on it right here. What does it say? What does it say? So the definition is a natural born change agent who thinks outside of the box. Yeah, yeah. So that's available for purchase on our on our website. And and one of the things you asked Bass too was you know how do you get involved with the brand and so as we have been, so we launched, as you know, since 2021, we spent about a year uh, planning beforehand. And I think, and you know, we're, we're very much transparent people. And so in planning and implementing it, it was like, okay, like we have this thought, we know what we want it to be. And then as we implemented it or launched it, it was kind of like, okay, is it really doing what we wanted it to, right? Not necessarily, but I think we're in a space now where we are taking a step back to understand that if we're building a brand for a social work community, then we have to get the community involved. And so we're kind of doing some regrouping on what the brand looks like. It's still, the messaging is still the same, it'll forever be on social work, but really allowing people to come into the circle to kind of hear their thoughts and their ideals on what they want the brand to be. So we can cultivate it and kind of build it together. So we're going to be starting with an exclusive group to kind of be a part of that tribe as we as we build and grow this, grant, uh, this brand. All right, and we're only two social workers. So of course, you know, having the input of the social work community it being a brand that is created for social workers by social workers and that input is invaluable so definitely no I, I, no I, I, I really 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 uh, no like that um um sw- switching gears a little bit I wanted to get your your thoughts I mean there's always something going on in, in social work um and and there's been a lot going on. Uh, I want to start with the uh, that damn test, the, the ASWB, with the finally, um, you know, given the data of, of uh, you know, African Americans compared to white social workers and uh, Latino Latinx social workers compared to white folks, uh, social workers who, uh, you know, the, the the disparity, and uh, we already knew that the the exam was culturally biased. Uh, anybody that takes the exam would take the exam more than once could kind of like eventually like you know kind of put two and two together. Um, what what are your thoughts on on uh, 
you know, ASWB finally put it, putting that data out there and talk. You know, if you guys talk to other social workers, what what do you guys gather from from the field as a whole? So I'm going to be very honest with myself, and I'll let Janelle jump in. Is that I actually am not familiar with the data that is out there, so I don't want to share. I don't mm -hmm. want to share the perspective that isn't based on facts. Um, and so <laughs> now I'll let you jump in, okay. but now I am kind of intrigued to go and go look mm -hmm. at it a little bit more. Yeah. So, um, of course, as you mentioned, Baz, like anyone who takes the exam can pretty much see that it is like culturally biased. And so when that and that's something that we know, but to see that factual data, it's like, OK, like numbers don't lie type of thing. Um, and of course, any social worker that has tried or th that is pursuing licensure or has obtained their license, we know how many like different barriers are kind of in place, such as, you know, um, having to pass the exam in different states, having different legislator and making it hard, you know, to provide services to clients in multiple spaces. And so um, I'm just happy to see that there are a lot of social workers getting together, rallying, like having discussions about this, first of all, having the conversation to, to spread that awareness um, about that, as well as what can we do to actually advocate for ourselves to change some of these barriers that are in place for us at you know that legislative level so it was I, I was when the when the data came out it's like okay it's right here it's right there it's in our face and kind of like okay what are we going to do about it now right and, and still um i've seen kind of like conflicting things from aswb i know for a while they were like doubling down like to blaming the test taker for like different things and it's like what are you guys going to do to fix the actual yeah. exam and like i know they were talking about just yeah. removing one of the answers which okay that like, and allow more time like if you got to use the bathroom or whatever like just little things that just completely not solving the issue that, that they have mm -hmm. so it's like it's pretty uh it's pretty ridiculous uh, you're you, you taking all this money that some of us find find it very hard to yeah. even come up with the almost three hundred dollars to take take the test so it's like mm -hmm. so i I don't know what 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 do, what do you guys uh think about that I think there there needs to be of course a lot of restructuring not just uh like you mentioned taking an answer off of a a, a question or but a total reframing of like the entire system at, at play, honestly. Um, so yeah. that's what I I would it, say in total restructuring. Now, now, I've seen stuff about like just getting rid of the, the exam and I, I, I've seen the mixed results. Uh, I've had people like, the test like they want to keep the test I, like many people uh want to get rid of the test and i know certain you know, states like uh, illinois like got rid of the the exam for for master's levels uh if you got your msw you don't have to take the test uh to get you just have to like do the hours and take the clinical uh, do you guys have any thoughts regarding the the actual exam yeah, I would say as I'm like sitting here processing now, like, huh, what would a life without a test look like, right? And I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm sure actually bliss 
<laughs> in various <laughs> less stress <laughs> like less stress of like of you know having to pass it but then I'm thinking about well what is really the reason for taking this test right and so essentially it's some form of like credibility right like you took the test you have the credentials and now you're like meant to be this astute social worker to some degree but in reality when I think about just my experience in taking the test I'm like that's not really measure what it is that I really know right because I think about how I even learn to study for the test right how you learn like the little tips and tricks and how to answer the question and when it says this then you say that and it's like okay is that really capturing what my knowledge is of this profession as a whole and yeah. so when I think about doing away with it I'm like okay I don't think it would be harmful to go to do away with it then I think there are I think there, aside from the test, there can be other gaps in kind of just how we measure somebody's ability to be an efficient, um, if we're talking about tests, right, a therapist in some degree. And so I think about like just when it comes to supervision, right, we really don't know like if people are getting good supervision. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of times people talking about going into the profession, myself included sometimes, and feeling a little unprepared. Like, yes, I know certain theoretical frameworks, but what does that really mean in this situation? Am I really like relating to this client? Am I really being effective? Do I understand what their diagnosis is and what the treatment plan is? And I think if we was like, okay, forget this test, whatever, like, are we, do we really have things in place to make sure that we are, we have these like effective therapists? And I don't know that, from my experience, I can concretely say that systems systems are in place that allow for that right now. I totally agree. Totally, totally agree. Yeah, no, I I, I agree too. Um, because you know, I've had you know supervisors with with LMSW or LC, and they're like, "How y'all?" <laughs> I'll be looking at them like, "How you pass the test?" Like I'm like, because <laughs> it's like not. I've had you no. Know, and I've had great supervision and I've had terrible supervision. Those times that I've had terrible supervision is like, how you, I'm, I'm str- struggling to even finding time to study for a test. And here you are with a license. I'm looking at you like, how you like, <laughs> got your license. So it's like, so it, it's, it, it is very, uh, you know, challenging. But, but I've also heard the, the flip side is like, okay, how, how do we, you know, title protection is, is a, a big topic as well in our profession and, and people's like oh we need the test to, to keep that kind of title title protection or struggle to find other ways how to how to you know we go to grad school we for for our msw so we we say we social workers and we have you know, a bunch of people that are in the social service field calling themselves social workers without getting a you know a bsw or or msw so what's what's your feelings on title protection i would say i think i was just having a conversation um, with someone who's not a social worker about this the other day because as i mentioned earlier i just started a new position so i was job searching so as i was looking for different jobs of course some of the keywords i'm typing in for searches is social worker um and i was coming across positions that the title was some type of social worker. Um, but when you were looking at the qualifications, um, it would say a degree in like humans in your human services field, whether that was psychology or social work, sociology, mm-hmm. um, something of that sort. And I was having a conversation with this person about how, you know, if that they shouldn't call that position a social worker position, or if they are, then they should be looking for individuals that have degrees in social work. Um, and so I think title protection is very important. Um, uh, I think it's like a catch 22 a little bit with some of the like policies that are in place in terms of like 
different levels of licensure and things like that because as Liana mentioned like it does give you the credibility in a way um and it's kind of like we need that because we don't want just anyone that doesn't even have a social work degree calling themselves a social worker because honestly it all stems from them having a misconception of what the social work profession is what a social worker is right um a lot of people you know kind of just put it into like helping people so if you're helping people in some you know way shape or form like you're a social worker you know um but if you do not have that degree um and then if you you know of course deciding to you know pursue it licensure at the master's level clinical level independent level or whatnot but if you don't have that degree in social work i i just think the you know they shouldn't be putting the physician titles as social worker or a person calling themselves a social worker. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good perspective. I think I just had a little bit of a mental battle battle here as I was thinking about like, oh, what do I think about that? That's a good question. Um, so I, I definitely agree with much of what um, Janelle has stated. I think I guess when I think about title protection, what immediately went to my mind was thinking about the title of being a licensed clinical social worker, right? And with that particular title, that is definitely, it's a large sector, but it's one sector of social work, right? Okay. There's so much out there where licensure literally doesn't mean absolutely anything, right? But you're still a social worker. But I do understand the difference in like, you know, some of those people that don't have the social work degrees and still consider themselves social workers when there is a large difference. And so I guess my thing about title protection, I, I would think the education piece will probably be big enough to suffice, right? Like the bachelor's and master's master's level to say, okay, right. they got a BSW. I think the L again, or you know, the L or the M, whatever, the LCSW is like this this may be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> But part of that is ego, right? I think it's like, part of that is like, yes, I'm an LCSW. It's like, great, you're LCSW. I mean, I'm an LCSW, right? Like, that's that's awesome. But not even who cares, because it is important. But it's like, um, it's one part of social work. There's so many parts where you don't really need that. But right. you still consider yourself a social worker. Yeah, and especially um, there's been more and more posts and in education about ways jobs that you could get with without a licensure or just uh, uh, jobs that you could get with just a, a msw and, and like that education's been been out and kind of like more like a forefront and now i've mentioned this on other podcast episodes I, sometimes i feel like we're like in like the beginning stages of like a civil war in social work like it's like the schools is like you got to get your license and, and, and do a private practice. And now we are like, everybody is like, follow your passion. And it's like doing this and like do your pet projects or whatever, you know, whatever crazy, whatever idea you had in like during pandemic and you're doing it and you're making money off of it, but but you're in social work or somehow it relates to social work, go do that and make money. And then it's like, all like you mentioned, like all these different ways that, you know, Using you know, social work skills, using transferable skills, and and macros been like more now than like I think like ever, and I've been like twelve, like twelve, almost fifteen years post MSW grad, and I've I only heard like macro while I was in school, and now like, like macro this, macro that, macro that, so it's kind of like all over the place, and it's like there's more opportunities 
you know, related to social work, they do different things. And you know, there's no financial social work. There's like sports social work. I wish I heard about sports social work when I was in school. And it's like, you know, that, that's been a big thing, too. So it's like, it, it's kind of like there's a gamut of it. There's a lot of education and people talk about it more. So it's just a lot going on. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard it's sports social work. Like I seen like I seen like psychologists, I've seen like social workers work for like different professional teams, like providing yeah. like, like uh-huh. counsel, like therapy and like and just different things related to mental health. Um not just professionals, but like in colleges, like I, I saw like a LinkedIn post, like you no know, a baseball team hired a uh, some mental health professionals to to be on the team, and you're like you're on the payroll of of, of a major sports team, like and you providing services to the players and like support staff. So it's like that's that I, I see more and more. I know the uh, NASW um, uh, Miss uh, Miss Joinder did a did a whole thing on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook Live a couple of weeks. Couple of weeks ago, uh, about sports social work. So, I know that that's been like a big, big thing too. So it's just a lot, a lot that's happening, and is like giving like students more more options of of, of what they want to do, and and it depends on the state where where you at too. Like, and so it's like you know, you know, state like California, there's so many different things, and while well, I'm living in Delaware, it's either like a rural section like there is a like a little city it's like a couple cities here and it's like so it's just these states are different so it's like depending what you want to do that's cool and that makes oh. sense that's cool yeah. the interesting ins and outs of social work. yeah and that, and that and that's the other thing too about the, going back to, to my opening about you know society like you know we just don't remove kids we just you know there's more than just like foster care there's more than just like yeah. you no know, uh, providing like <clears throat> food stamps or like medicaid recertifications or just housing there's so many uh you know, different things that that we do and it's like it's ever evolving and now with uh, you know as technology changes you know there's be more more things more things to worry about in terms of like HIPAA too and but it's also like things like future uh, you know, social work, what, what it actually uh, can look like in the future. Right, so many endless possibilities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's our desire is to show the world that that's how it is, right? Because we still see in movies time and time again that they still put us in this little boxes like, enough already. We've seen that. <laughs> There's so much more to us. And so that is our desire is like, we want, you know, the world to see, like, we want the world to put some respect on our name, essentially, <laughs> and know that we are out here really uh, making change in various forms. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we're not, like, in, in a in an office space and with a with a couch and just, like, talking about problems and then we're going home and we got, yes, some of us might have our, our own issues that we, that, that we deal with, but it's not, like, it's, like you said, it's not how movies or, or TV shows like but portray us. We do like way, way more, way more than than one meets the eye. Uh-huh. Absolutely, and Bash, you raises a super like valid point, right? Like, yes, we go out 
<clears throat> career-wise or professional-wise, we go out and we, we you know, garner change in some particular, in various ways. But at the end of the day, we come home and we have our own things to deal with, right? And so I think it's also shedding light to like, at the end of the day, we're humans. I guess right. we are meant to be helpful humans, but we still humans, right? We're not perfect. We still have lives. We still live. Um, we still get stressed out. Like, you know, like, and we want to show that, yes, we are social workers and we are humans as well. Oh, yeah. Which leads to, to a perfect segue. I know um, as no we record this episode in like the end of march and, and like three years ago the the world shut down and apparently uh uh local state and federal politicians just like not even like men- mentioning you no know, uh you know, the anniversary of, of of lockdown and like you know many people had to like lost loved ones uh no kind of like to change jobs and like kind of working from home and providing services online and trying to figure figure, figure out if you, you didn't know what zoom was like myself like figuring out how to use zoom and like well what the heck is zoom and <laughs> it's like oh all these different things like how how was and then on top of that adding um you know a- agent orange doing doing something every day and january 6 happened and then uh uh no unarmed African Americans continue to be be killed, and was even like more and more prevalent because we were all you no know, home uh, on lockdown and like we all <clears throat> seen it on the news or, or our phones, whatever. And and you know, nowadays you like open up an app and you see like violence going on, so it's kind of even like should we even like <laughs> use our phones? Like it's become like the first thing you see. You know, on Twitter is like some somebody be, being killed or something crazy happens. Happens, so it's like, how how was these last like few years been been for the both of you? Yeah, now I'll let you start first, and then I'll jump in. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll just kind of take it back to I guess when lockdown first started. I was working as a home health social worker, so I didn't get to work from home. Um, I still was out visiting patients and even patients who had COVID. Um, so it was a pretty stressful time to navigate just because as you know, everyone was going through, we didn't know what COVID was or anything much information about it. So it was just pretty scary um, knowing that, I, you know, I, I still had to, you know, go into these patients' homes and provide services, but that we were all just trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and so navigating that for a little while, you know, just was stressful as we were, you know, learning news about what was going on. Um, a lot of my patients would have like the news on at their house. So like that was the only time sometimes that I was seeing like what was, you know, going on, you know, with protest and different things like that. Um, I didn't really have much of an opportunity to process a lot of things, honestly, until um, I had decided in 2021 to relocate. Um, and I took some time just away from working to just kind of collect myself mentally, um, just because I was pretty much on autopilot for for a lot of time, just because I knew I had patients I had to be there for. Um, but of course, you know, um, being in this, this field is ever changing and, you know, times there's a lot of challenges. And so I knew that I needed to take time for myself to, you know, put myself first um, and process, you know, kind of like what I was going through as I was trying to help patients and their families navigate the same thing yeah yeah that's good 
in terms of processing absolutely i think about it as you kind of preface the question guys in terms of like we're approaching that three years and nobody kind of acknowledging the anniversary i'm like man I'm I'm a part of that crew that hasn't acknowledged it. Like it has been three years. And I think we don't think about it because, you know, at least in my mind, like there never was an end point, right? It was like, okay, this happened, now we're done. And then, you know, you you know what 9-11, it happened that day. And then we know every year in that day or that time period, like we go back to that where now it's like, is COVID really done? Is it not? Like we know we're not the same we were three years ago, but it's kind of hard to think about like, uh how it's been the last not hard thing about how it's been the last three years but more so like we just don't think about this is our third year anniversary but now I am now that you post a question right so I'm thinking what has my three years been like and so for me starting out when everything happened I was in a school I was doing school-based therapy with elementary age kids and I had just started an exposure project and we were in a middle school so I was heavily involved in the school system at the time So having a transition with little kids to doing therapy on Zoom, it was very difficult. Mm. It was very, very difficult. One, because kids were already learning how to get adjusted to remote learning from an academic perspective. And then now you have to come and you have to talk about what's going on in your life and all these different things. And then of course with kids, a lot of a lot of therapy is play therapy, right? So how do you get creative in the virtual setting? So it was a whole new road of trying to figure it out. Um, and, and I was very challenging, but of course, looking at it now, I'm like, well, they were challenging, but I made it through. Um, but I think even in that, I would just say the three years has been a big transition phase for me. So even in that transition of knowing like, okay, therapy is not my thing and moving to nonprofit thing is, that was a whole nother challenge, right? So like I originally designed Exposure Project to be a hands-on in-person experience. So having to stop or put a hold to it in a school system and then now get these kids to do virtually as an out-of-school time programming and they're already doing remote learning. They're like, it, it was difficult, but I'm very much a creative too and like how I think so we're able to kind of manage. Um, but so having put put the therapy piece to rest and fully focus on exposure project, I will say we are definitely in a different phase than we were when we first started. Um, and so this has been a, a, a journey a roller coaster. There's been some highs, there's been some lows, but it's been a journey nonetheless and just trying to be present in every part of that journey, even now as, as we keep going. So yeah, it's been an interesting three years. It's been an interesting three years. I think we like, it's like a new normal too. So like you said, it's like, it's not even like, you know, I didn't even necessarily think of it myself. Like it really is the, you know, the third like anniversary type of thing because we just were moving through it and you know you just adjust and it's like certain things start to become a new normal in a way no yeah it's uh it's crazy how uh, people just kind of went back to like before pandemic like pandemic nothing happened and i see like people you know talking to people especially over the weekend that people are still struggling a lot and then not having that acknowledgement you know, a lot of uh, stuff in terms of you know medicaid certifications and like food stamps and kind of all, all, all these entitlements and other things uh you know housing courts and different things like that that affect you know social worker if you do that type of work uh kind of going back to pre-pandemic levels and it's like okay people uh are still struggling, probably struggling, probably even a little bit more now than they were three years ago. And it's like, 
now the government is doing all these cutbacks and stuff like that and that that leads to like the social workers doing more work and we've been um you know beyond burnt out i, I would say the 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 least and uh this moral injury like uh kim young likes to say uh uh and, and just you know, between burnout and just just everything that's been been, been happening uh and we were already a lot of us were already kind of burnt out before pandemic came and it's like pandemic was here and and, and now three three years later we still like we still burnt out still tired and, and still dealing with like ASWB nonsense and NASW nonsense, and it's like, you no, know, uh, all, all these different things that that's happening in, in social work. So it's uh, an interesting, interesting time that that we live in, and now we got got worried about banks, you know, falling apart, and like like oh gosh, two yeah. like two thousand eight <laughs> again. Like now, kind of like kind of going through that all over again. So it's it's is an interesting interesting time that 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 we live in so absolutely just as i'm listening to you say that i think about like there's always going to be something right like in the next five years next 10 years there's going to be something else that we we're gonna you know we're, we're worrying about to a certain degree so it's how do we i think the question is how do we operate in a space where we know that there's always going to be something right um like from a mental perspective or just our own like self-care perspective, right? I think that's a work that we like to throw out a lot of times, but we don't really kind of think in deep to what that really looks like. But there, history shows there's always been something, there's always going to be something. So how do we how do we move in a space where we're still okay in the midst of there always being something? A question I don't have the answer to. Right, it looks that, different, but what does that look like? Yeah. Important to explore and even, like, you know, talk about. Right. Yeah, I think it's a good question to ask yourself too, like you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, especially where where everybody has like their their own perspective in like, you know, no, like less. We, I, I'm in Delaware. You're you're in, you're in Charlotte, and you're and you're in California, and it's like completely different, like worlds in terms of states and how the states you know function and stuff like that. So it's kind of like like how how it might look at one state or or even the city within the state is going to compare totally different to somewhere else so but it that the at least the question definitely needs to be asked cuz like you're right there is going to be you no know, something else you no know, we don't know what the, what that is uh or if it's a, a thing or, or a person or or, or what uh you no know, uh, I say if we if we survived uh, Agent Orange the last like four or five years, then I guess we 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 could survive pretty much everything. And you mentioned nine eleven too, and it's like that was a tough uh, a tough time for for people. And you know we oh the oh eight market crashed, and we we survived that. So it's there's always going to be 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 something uh, that's that's going to affect social work as a whole and it, and it, you know it comes from us individually it comes from you know we we still look at you know the NASW uh, be local state chapters or the federal chapters to you know for support and kind of like kind of lead and, and you know we have our own, our, our own people that that we got to like kind of lead to or sometimes we come up with a with a solution on our own and we we got to share those 
the, those resources to kind of make it work however it works for you as an individual. Yeah, you're right. As you, as I'm listening to, I'm thinking about like how we're talking about like we've survived all of these things, right? And yes, it is. It's good that we we're still here, that we we made it through. But I think it's also important for us to like explore like how do we get to a point where we're not only surviving, but like we're thriving in this space, right? Knowing that chaos or whatever in some degree is going to always happen how do we get to a place where we're thriving in it and then also from a social work perspective getting back to the core while we're originally doing this right like we didn't we of course everybody has their own reasons and their own stories of why they got into it but i don't think anybody said i want to go into social work because i want to burn out and i want to burn out fast and i want to burn out every year right there was some reason on why they went into it so it's how do you get back to that core and allow that to be consistently flowing as you go throughout the years because you know that it's it's a tough feel but if we're going to operate in a space of like survival mode it's like well what are, are we really being effective are we really help being helpful i think me uh, janelle we had a conversation before too is that how do we get back to a place where we are happy that we chose mm-hmm. this profession Right, that we we take pride in being social workers versus like yes i'm doing i'm doing a great job but i'm just I'm just trying to keep my head above water, you know? And I think it's, it, again, qu- questions that I don't have the answers to that I'm trying to figure it out as well. But I think it's important to raise up because I would hate for us to be 10 years nap, ten years down the line and we're like, man, I'm just still trying to survive this thing. It's just crazy out here. But it's like, it is a lot. I'm making it through, but I am happy. And this is a rewarding field and I want to keep doing what I'm doing. So a lot of tough questions we got to ask ourselves. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a a lot a lot to think about it, and those these type of conversations can continue need to begin to ha- have. But, um, you know, we got we're starting up kind of, kind of conf- conference season within the profession. All these different states doing the conference, and, and these type of conversations need to be be talked about. And I'm glad I, I'm seeing uh, like. Uh, CEUs uh being taught like related to COVID and post COVID being being offered to, to social workers, you know, you no, know, that's a, that's a start, and it's kind of what 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 does this quote unquote post COVID uh, world of social work kind of look like, and and the people who we serve and, and work for, like our clients, like where the, some of these even some of the questions like how how how's it been the last three years like are you better off like how it's like like when they ask like doing the polls for like the politicians like for the president are you better off like four years ago than you were like now and it's like we gotta ask like maybe that could be a a future like assessment question for 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 clients is like are you better off than you were prior to pandemic or even like a year out and stuff like that and like I've Talk to other school social work. Talk to school social workers that like is even worse now than was last year. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, how was that possible? <laughs> like, so, so it it depends what what you do in the field and the and, and like we mentioned, like the future of social work is, is there's so many different things that that's kind of taking place that's happening and and with technology, who knows we gonna be like. We're gonna be like avatars and providing like services <laughs> to clients. Like who knows? <laughs> be crazy. I think the important part of that too, listening again, is just like, what does the support for the supporters look like? Right? Like I know having when I was in the um, doing therapy in the elementary 
school so I did school based but I wasn't working in the school system I was working for a community-based agency and so a lot of times I was sitting in meetings and I didn't have that same type of like school system by not even buying but things they had to go through because I didn't work for the school system but I'm just sitting here like man everybody like these are the supporters for the community for the kids and they all need tremendous support and they're not getting it right so we talk about like burnout and talk about these different things of the state of the social profession it's like who's supporting the supporters and if that's not existing then how do we put those things in place because there it's going to always be taxing and we're going to always need that support but what does that look like and how do we actually make sure that that becomes something that that can live and, and be helpful. I, yeah, but which is why I, I, I you know kind of started my my own company and, and providing that that self-care and, and using my monthly Zumba classes and, and you know having my poetry book out as a way like hey like this is my story is why I went through like at least the 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 first year and change of COVID and it's like you know those stories need to we talked about and shared like this is like reality of kind of like what we go through too like yes we have our our own lives and we deal with it and we still gotta like work and, and provide service but we we go through our, our own stuff as well yeah that's cool zumba and poetry yeah. that's a good outlet yeah. is that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so uh what what's what's next for 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 the brand what's next for the the two of you as individuals yeah so i would say for the brand as mentioned earlier kind of right is we're at that space i'm taking that step back right and really um tapping into the social community to be a part of the brand building process um and then of course just just growth, right? We want to be a staple. How we look at certain brands and mm-hmm. Nike and Champion, all these things is like, oh, I'm social workers right up there with them. And we've heard of the yeah. social. <laughs> so definitely want to be a staple name. We know we're going to, you know, we manifest in that, take some time to get there. Um, but for the brand, that's definitely our goal. Um, individually for me, I think really just continue to ask myself tough questions, right? In terms of like how I just, how I exist in this space. And then on a professional level, just, uh, building out exposure project like I have dreams for I'm a dreamer I'm a visionary so I've dreamed for that as well so building out those things and finding time for my myself in the process mm-hmm. yeah um for like when I said for I'm social like just continuing to collaborate continue to grow like we want to be a household name for social workers we want to be like that first go-to thought you know when you think about like a lifestyle brand for social workers um and for myself, um, I would say I'm just, like I said, continuing to grow in the field of social work. I haven't been out. I'm, I'm only, I'm not even four years post my master's degree yet. So I still feel like there's just so much. I'm still really eager to just explore different areas of the field. Um, I know I just started a new position, um, but I have an interest. Uh, when you were talking about sports, um, social work, um, another area of social work that a lot of people don't or may not know about is veterinary social work. And so mm-hmm. I'm a pet lover. I love animals. Um, and there's a lot of veterinary hospitals and veterinary agencies that actually employ social workers to provide that like um, social and emotional support for like families who may like have lost a pet or a pet that's sick or, you know, maybe is, you know, has some type of medical diagnosis and, you know, the prognosis isn't looking too good. Um, and also to be a support for the veterinary staff. And so that's actually um, an avenue I plan on exploring in the future too. 
is bridging kind of like my two passions in a way or two things that I, I really do care about. Uh, I, I like that. I actually have heard of, of, of veterinary social work. So it was, yeah. like, was kind of, kind of, you know, fascinating kind of really see how, how that blossoms and, and, and move, move forward. And hopefully that, that gets some, some traction as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's only like a few schools that offer, um, like certificates you can get like postgraduate, like certificates in that, in that area. But, um, it is, it is a, it is a, a need. I mean, we may not think about, you know, kind of like what people go through when they experience a loss of a pet, you know, that to a lot of people that their pet is a family member, it is a loved one. And so um, they do need that bereavement support as well. No, yeah, absolutely. Especially like we've seen like not natural disasters and then you see like th these pets just like wandering around like yeah. without homes and they don't they survive the natural disasters and it's kind of like well, all these pets being being lost and it's, so it's definitely a a, a strong need in, in in that in that realm related to the space mm -hmm. where where can people find you Ahead, we are Andrew. on oh <laughs> we're on instagram you can find us at um i am dot social work facebook you can look us up i am social work um and our website is i am social work dot co yep what she said <laughs> oh, awesome ladies it was a pleasure having having you on you know, keep up you know the great work you know, you know stay safe and We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We appreciate yes. it.